So do you remember back in the year 2000? In the year 2000. I was not, I was hoping you wouldn't make that. I, I should have known. I should have known you would have done it. I should have known you would have done it. Um, but no, I've actually been feeling rather nostalgic lately. And not nostalgic for like the usual childhood Super Nintendo stuff. I've been feeling nostalgic about the uh, the high school PS2 era. Or at least high school for me. The PS2 came out in the year 2000, and around that time, I was, you know, finishing up freshman year of high school, starting my second year. You're a little mm. bit older than me, right? So, what, where, where else were you? Um, so, I, you know, I was still, 2000 was still my senior year of high school. Senior? Oh, uh, goodness. Um, and uh, I, I will, so I was at that time... I was a uh, glorious PC gaming master race <laughs> uh, to the extreme. Uh, I was the guy who, like, in my basement, I had, like, three computers, all of which I had completely built myself <laughs> with all kinds of parts, and, like, the side was off one because I was always, like, fiddling with something. And uh... So, no, but but did you have, like, any Apple machines yet, or did that come No, out? no, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't an Apple... You did Apple not yet, yet. You did not begin your evolution into the hipster that you are today. Not not yet. So my my journey started <laughs> around then. It started well. Started with the launch of the Xbox, actually, which is in two thousand one. Which is a year later. Was that was kind of how where my journey to console? Well, no, that's not entirely correct. My journey to consoles started with the PC port of Final Fantasy VII. Oh, that was not a very good port. It was an amazing port. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It was a troubled one, but it was also, however, you you had a easier time if you wanted getting Tifa's like ultimate limit breaks because okay. like, the frame rate was broken, wasn't it? So like slow, so it'd be easy easier for you to uh, get. Uh, no, uh, maybe it depended on your computer. Maybe it depends on your computer. This is, Again, remember, I'm 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 playing with like hot routed machines in my oh, basement. Okay. Yeah, so we didn't have any frame rate problems. But to further kind of establish, I mean, I I didn't really look into what was popular in terms of music at the time. I was myself currently in the middle of really enjoying Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory, getting into the Offspring, really into Metallica, getting into um, uh, someone else. I can't remember. And it was it was going to be another summer or two until I got into like the power metal and stuff that I love now. Um, but there's you know like that was probably close to around when uh, Pretty Fly for a White Guy came out or something. I mean it was yeah, that kind of like era like punk was poppy instead yeah, of we had, actually we had pop punk. punk Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. Um, and and you know you had a lot of bands like uh, Incubus's Morning View album was maybe ninety eight or ninety nine and Hoobastank. Yeah. Um, with that kind of like not really metal, but hard, heavier rock. Kinda. Yeah, it's like a sort of heavier. It's it's not hard enough to be metal. It's not light enough, and, and it's very. It's like the post grunge era in a way, because yeah. then you have all the um, the late '90s stuff like uh, oh, Creed. Creed. Yeah. Right. Like Creed oh yeah, Creed. Man, Creed was big, big, big right around 2000. All that stuff. Um, but what was also going on was this is just following Y2K, where everyone was flipping out like, "Oh my God, it's stuff! The planes are going to be falling out of the sky." That did not happen. 
Um, my brother and I were, of course, disappointed the SDF-1 did not land on Macross Island. That is a Robotech reference for you <laughs> plebeians. Um, we were also, like, predicting, you know, the monolith's, like, the monolith's got to land be on the moon, man. Right. We've got to find the monolith on the moon. Because um, we were just... Un- uncreative nerds. See, I was um, just I was just concerned that I was at a New Year's party on Y2K, and there was a girl there who was really into me, and I wasn't really into her. <laughs> and I'm like, great, like this Armageddon is going to st- start, and I'm going to be stuck with this girl <laughs> for the rest of my life after the apocalypse. That um, is awful. That is the worst story I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> That's my year 2000 story. But yeah, I mean, this is the year 2000, and. It's interesting looking back because the Dreamcast had already come out in nine nine ninety nine, and yet I did not get one, and that's largely because I had to decide like, well, Dreamcast or PlayStation Two, and everyone kind of leaned on the PlayStation Two because it was going to have a DVD player, and for me it's because I knew that's where certain kinds of games were going to be. Though a lot of my old loyalties were sort of see at this point I was starting to lose my allegiance to Final Fantasy. And I was starting to lose, like, a lot of my allegiance to uh, Nintendo, even. Like, I still had it, but I was becoming that angry, stupid teenager that, like, oh my god, Final Fantasy VIII is so different from the Final Fantasy I grew up with. I hate this. And, like, Final Fantasy IX kind of started out nice, but eventually... And that's the thing, Final Fantasy IX came out in 2000. You don't. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's that late of a game, but it is. Yeah, like that's that's kind of the weird thing because it's like the PS2 is like marking this is a new millennium. This is where games change, and yet it starts off with a lot of really good releases. Well, like Majora's Mask was on the N64 was the year 2000. And and well, Final Fantasy IX especially because so I said I said my journey to consoles started with Final Fantasy VII. So uh, I played but on the PC on the PC. I played 7 and 8 with the PC ports. I think 8's PC port was worse than 7. Uh, it might have been. I th- but, uh, uh, there's a whole history to it. Yeah, there's a whole... Anyway, so Final Fantasy IX comes out, and there's no PC port. <laughs> and so so now... Now, I've already, at this point... I see, so, so a little bit of my story is... Uh, the only console I really had was the original Nintendo NES. Um... And I play, you know, I had plenty of games. I had all the classics: Mario, Ninja Gaiden, Castlevania. Um, and I really kept playing that thing. I would find games I hadn't played, uh, randomly of Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six or whatever, like at, at a you know video stores and things like that. And yeah. I'd buy them for a dollar. So that that really got play for me for a while. But that was the only console I had. had. So, and I, I went to, to PC gaming. So anyway, so then I missed out on the whole SNES RPGs, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy 3 slash 6, and all of that. So when I hit, when I kind of, so after playing, you know, 7 and 8, I turned to emulation. And I found, I, I sort of, that was around that same time, 98, 99, 2000. So I was going back and playing Chrono Trigger, playing, um, uh, Final Fantasy VI. I got the the translation of the Japanese ROM, not the Final Fantasy III ROM, oh. because that was where my brain was apparently. So then, when Final Fantasy IX uh, came out again on, on PlayStation, but didn't have a PC port, 
I had to turn to see, well, can we emulate a PlayStation? <laughs> the answer at the time was actually no. And again, so I have this this whole tinkerer thing. So you got, uh, so you could like get the first opening video to play, and then the game would crash when you go into the first battle uh, with Sedane, where these battling like the crew is. Like, yeah, where's the the performance on the, the performance stage. on this? Yeah, or whatever or they're practicing, whatever it is. Uh, so they would it would crash. No, no, there. no. It was under the ship. Yeah. yeah, it was under the ship. It was like the crew all. You know, it was like a pretend boss fight essentially. Yeah. Um, and all that. So you went on this, and so eventually, I just got my hands on a PlayStation One, <laughs> and that's where my console journey began. And that was right around my senior year of high school, right around the year two thousand, uh, is where that all started for me. Yeah, and um, but even then, you were still playing stuff on the PC because again, like this is kind of a big year for the PC with Shogun Total Wars coming out, Thief Two, Deus Ex, Diablo Two. Like, these are some of the biggest games that, like, people are still crazy about today. Um, well, Shogun, I don't think people are really clamoring to go back to that and replay that. Yeah. But it's now, like, Sega's, like, one of their most profitable franchises that they produce. Yeah. Uh, Which is weird, because you'd never... Deus Ex came out in 2000? Uh, according to Wikipedia. Okay, no, that's, that's that sounds about right, because that's one... Yeah, it's I mean, a perfect game for 2000 when you think about it. It really, it really was. I mean, because so, <laughs> so my my genres of choice were essentially sprawling RPGs and arena shooters. Um, <laughs> so I was playing, you know, Baldur's Gate 2, Icewind Dale. Um, and then I was playing you know, Neverwinter Nights wouldn't come out for a few more years, but uh, that sort of thing. Bioware RPGs had all the love from me. Um, and then I would go and play Unreal Tournament or Quake 3 and other stuff. So Deus Ex was like one of those games that really blended that well where I got I got my I got my engrossing story, uh, I got my character development trees and all of that. And then I got my shooting too. I got to blow things up with a rocket launcher, you know. Yeah. I still have not played the first game, but I don't know if I could, because, like, like, System Shock 2 is one of those games that people are like, oh, man, the game still holds up today, and as someone that never played it, going back, and firstly, everything has a key. Every key does a thing, and it is a different thing, and it is so... I'm sorry, but, like, I know a lot of people will talk about, like, how things are dumbed down for console. No. Consoles taught PC developers the basics of usability. I would agree with that. So, Deus Ex is tough because it's one of those games that you can because of the uh, they did the whole you know every mission has all these branching paths and all yeah. of these different options. It's a really easy game to break if you know how to do it. <laughs> so if you're like I don't want to search for this key, you just find something to to break. You know, you you kite the guard. <laughs> and so you, the guard that you're not supposed to be able to beat until you can take him down, or you find some other way to do it, uh, and eventually, you know, you, you figure so it's out... It's not even the it. options available within the game. It's that you can just cheat, basically. Yeah, I mean... Exploit, how about you that? You can exploit. kind of, right, there's different, there's different ways you can kind of exploit it, um, just by virtue of the fact the game gave you so many options, there's holes. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the game, the game as a whole, I think... I haven't played it in 10 years, but I think it holds up, probably. But, 
leading up then to 2000, I, I'm assuming you didn't get a PS2 at launch? No, I did get a PS2 at launch. Um, initially, I was waiting for Final Fantasy X to come out. I looked at the PS2 launch titles. Uh, and you know what? Honestly, looking back, I'm surprised we thought they were as bad as they were. Even though I, I also made an awful choice in that the only launch title... Because I didn't get one at launch, but I got it Christmas. So it was launch season. It was roughly that time period. Um, I don't remember if my mom actually lucked into getting a, a memory card. Because I don't know if you remember. Like, the big deal... Like, the PlayStation 1 only had 15 memory blocks. Yeah. Most games only took up one memory block, but a lot of RPGs could take up to two or three. Or certain games... Oh, I can't remember which one game could take up... I think it was RPG Maker could take up a whole bunch of blocks, depending right. on uh, how much stuff you, you, you did. So, most memory cards are very limited, only 15 memories. So, the PlayStation 2 gets 8 megabytes of data. It's like, oh my goodness, how, how much memory is that? <laughs> which... I mean, it was... Again, PC... Uh, PC Master Race people were just laughing at all of you console... Uh, well, it was just for box. save data, which is like, right. a, like a, some kilobyte file anyway. So it's not even really a big deal at the I time. I have, but... like, gigs on my hard drive, and I can just <laughs> save whatever I want whenever did, I want. How many gigs did you have back in 2000? Did I have a... Did I, have some, I don't remember clearly... If that was when I had, like, a four-gig hard drive and I thought that was the world. Um. <laughs> and now you have eight gigs of RAM. and like They sell RAM for the price of a candy bar, man. <laughs> like <laughs> A dollar a gig. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. It's like, you want 16 gigs of RAM in that computer? Here, have it. It's like, but I don't need 16 gigs. You're going to have 16 gigs of RAM. Um, but... Um, that's like I, I remember that being a big deal, and I might not have had a memory card yet. I might have had to had to wait until the new year. But the only game from the, looking at the list that I'm because I'm sitting here, it's like I got a PS2 at launch. What did I play on it? Because all I can remember is Armored Core 2, and I was awful at it. <laughs> I ba like the first time you go up against another like Armored Core or whatever instead of one of the tiny mechs. Like I kept getting my ass kicked, and I didn't know what to do, so I just stopped playing. And from what I can tell, it wasn't until the next autumn that I got a game for the PS2. Wow. Yeah, a whole year. But we'll get to that in a little bit because, again, you were just starting your console journey. But we're, we're released in June of that of 2001. Because now, again, we're, we're finishing my second year. Yeah. And I went, I had my sister take me to Kmart the morning the Game Boy Advance launched. Uh, Not Circuit City. Everyone was telling me Circuit City. That, that's the thing. Everyone was going to Circuit City. Everyone was lining up at GameStop. I was like, hey, Lauren, can you take me to Kmart? And she, she actually woke up early enough to take me to Kmart right before they opened and the only people that were there were like three grandmas. So everyone else is saying, like, oh, man, it's going to be such a crazy line at Circuit City, which, again, do you remember Circuit City? I do. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, in fact, it's kind of prophetic because the reason I actually went to Circuit City a lot in college is because you could get a brand new game for, like, 10% off uh, the first week it launched. And now Best Buy, with the Gamers Club, you get 20% off any new game. 
that's not prophetic at all. <laughs> mm. We're both stroking our beards and well, deep in scruff. thought. Yeah, I'm kind of scruffy now, too. No, I got scruff. You got an actual beard. Um, anyways, um, but yeah, I got the, the, the Game Boy Advance, and this is where, like, I don't, I don't know what the deal was with me, because these are, like, the first consoles I'm getting at launch, and I'm making the worst decisions, because instead of getting, like, Super Mario Advanced, uh, Castlevania, Circle, Circle of the Moon, any of the launch games for the damn Game Boy Advance, I get Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Ages, and Oracle of Seasons for the Game Boy Color. For my Game Boy Advance... Hmm. I'm getting games that are barely NES quality on a handheld Super Nintendo. Yeah, that was a, that was maybe not the best move. It was Circle of the Moon, man. That was a good game. You actually played... Wait, did you have a Game I, Boy? I had a, I, had a, I had a Game Boy briefly, a Game Boy Advance. When did you get it? Did you get it? You didn't get it the year. No, 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 I came back. I, I got it. I got it, like, way later. You know, it's also... Uh, and if you hear me flipping pages, sorry, that's because I... I, I, I took copious notes. Um, the G, the Game Boy Advance ended up having a bit more that I uh, continued to play. Oh, here we go. You, you got your own I, list, I, too. I my own list, yeah. Oh, there we go, because, yeah, we completely skipped over some of these. The Bouncer and Orphan, they were launch titles for the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Um, now, so, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we, just, we just skip over that, yeah. So... I am a bouncer apologist. If you did, you play the bouncer. I never got to. I always thought the he, here's the funny. I thought the guy always looked a little bit like Squall, and little did I know that he just looks like a Tetsuya Nomura character. Yeah, that, that, at that point, right. Well, so for me, I loved Final Fantasy seven VII and eight, and I wasn't. So I never really got into anime. Um, I didn't really get as as that deep into a, some of the other you know Japanese cultural stuff. So to me. That aesthetic was like so, so unique and different. <laughs> um, whereas now it's kind of become like, oh, like that's so this is Japan, so like cliche now, right? <laughs> like you look at the the guy, he's like, the, you said, he's just like a cliche uh, Nomura character. Um, this is because Nomura is, doesn't have a right. lot of. Them. He has like one hair design for his male characters. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so so I was. I still, I, again, I, I would probably play it again, and I would probably tell you it's complete trash. Um, <laughs> but I loved that game when it came out. It was so short, and I beat it like ten times. So that's, the, that's what a lot of the complaints were at the time, was, oh my god, these games are so short. And it's like, when you think about it logically, it's like, well, of course, because they're, they're so much more complicated than what the crappy PlayStation was doing. Like, nothing but blocky right. characters in anything. And, and then you mentioned, I, I, I only knew about Orphan for two reasons. Like, I remember... Um, later in 2001, I'll talk about it a little bit more. I got a job at GameStop, um, but one of the things I remember seeing was a copy of a game called Orphan, and then we ended up selling like Blu-rays and well, not Blu-rays, but DVDs of movies and anime. And one of those DVD box sets was of the TV series of Orphan, which was honestly a very crappy uh, anime. And the game was pretty terrible too. But it was the first PlayStation... Was, that was actually the first PlayStation 2 game I played. Mm. I was in... My friend got it at launch. And he got... Or, or close to launch or whatever. And whatever it was that I actually got to go over, we played... I played that a few times. And I couldn't really tell you anything about it. I think at one point you fight a sea monster. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds about right. I remember that. I remember I was also... I was still a little bit hungry for JRPGs at that point. And so it seemed... 
okay, but it also was there was some terribleness. But then I was like, it's a JRPG. I like playing JRPGs. And yeah. What's fascinating about Yearless is there's so much stuff that we did not play like at all that was similar. But, like, uh, there's another one, SSX. Like, I didn't care about snowboarding because I was a fat nerd that people made fun of. Um, and I had a big chip on my shoulder. So, if it had sports of any kind, I didn't care. Where Or SSX, especially the first two, SSX and SSX Tricky. People were... still want, like, uh, uh, a successor to it. Like, that's the only reason they got steep is it's like, well, this is the closest thing we're going to get right. to a sequel. Where they were just like these completely like gonzo, ridiculous snowboarding games where, you know, you take the snowboard off your feet and wave it over your head and do all kinds of ridiculous tricks that... And this is, I think, I, I guess maybe this is part of the era too, because then you also have... Um, 2000 was when Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 came out for the uh, Dreamcast, I believe. Right. Um, that was actually... Like, I did play that a bit. That was actually pretty fun. And this is, again, like, 2000's the era of, because of the pop punk, I think, or at least it fits into that sort of, that that click in high school, is the quote-unquote extreme sports. Oh, yeah, we were definitely um, at peak extreme. Yeah. <laughs> um, right around that time. Because you also had Dave Mira's uh, BMX, which I don't remember which year it was. I think it was 2002 that it started going on, was... Um, Someone made a joke in an office. Like, there's there's actually an article out there. I think it might be a Polygon one. It might be someone else, but uh, it might be Eurogamer. I don't know, but you can look it up. Someone did a whole feature on the development of Dave Mira Triple X, which and actually did, they had to remove the Dave Mira. Yeah, they, you didn't want to be so it was just, Didn't it just end up being BMXXXX or something? BMX Triple X, yes. And it was like someone made it as a joke. Like, oh, yeah, well, we, like, have strippers in the game or something like that. <laughs> and then there was, like, that one, there's always that one guy that's like, wait, why don't we? <laughs> yeah. And it kind of, like, like the, the, the guys building the game were trying to make it a good game, but then it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, so, some corporate business suits got deals with an actual strip club in New York City, and it's like, oh, my God. Oh, and I just remember... Watching this mess, like, because I, I was working at GameStop and right. I was, the, 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 the game informers would come in and I'd be reading and it's like, oh, Dave Mears dropped from uh, the game. It's like, oof. It, it it's, was. That, I, I remember that was a train wreck. That was. At the time, and I'm sure, look, I have to find that um, retrospective. But, but. To jump, to rewind back a bit though, because 2001 is again where the PS2 started to hit its stride. For me, the first game for it I really bought and played was Monster Rancher 3. Um, it was different from Pokemon, but similar enough. And you could also, like, we, we had a bunch of music CDs, so I was able to just drop all kinds of stuff in there and get different monsters and crap. Um, but what really made the biggest, like, what people were really chomping at the bit for on the PS2 at that point was Metal Gear Solid 2. And I don't know if you recall this, because it was supposed to come out in September. And then 9-11 happened. And uh, the opening of the game is right outside New York City. And the skyline originally had the Twin Towers in it. The demo for the game had the Twin Towers in it. So you had to... the, the They had to halt production and reprint a whole bunch of discs with the Twin Towers edited out. Right. Um... 
So that delayed it to November, but I'd say that was probably the first big game on the PS2 that I really played, and I still never beat it. Really? I th- there's a um, there's a big spoiler of a certain character that dies. I had stopped playing right before that. I think yeah, I had to fight the vamp guy the second time. Because uh, there's like a whole uh, bunch of swimming yeah. in water stuff. And like, whatever happened with a certain character right after that, like, I didn't reach that. I stopped playing because I was just... Oh. I don't know, something about it, I had gotten sick of it. And it wasn't really yeah, riding. And I was like... <sighs> so I played... You know, at some point, with I played the original Metal Gear Solid, and that got a little bit weird at points. But Metal Gear Solid Two, that game was weird, man. <laughs> like that game was weird. They got I, a I, bit I more supernatural, yes. Well, it wasn't just super. It was like you never beat it, so like I felt like I don't know. It, the, if you, if you, it, you, you could... kind of got that's where that's where you really went full Kojima, right? Like. <laughs> If you got, like, 30 to 60 minutes, I can't remember exactly how long this video is, but look up on YouTube Matthew Matosis and his video on Metal Gear Solid 2, because he's got a lot of, uh, his analysis kind of makes it a bit more clear that Metal Gear Solid 2 is Kojima making a game about making a sequel to a success. Not because he wants to, but because... He's told to, effectively. Mm. And that's why like, it hits so many beats of the original game without necessarily hitting the beats of it. Right. So if you think about what the story... like What I remember of the story, if you think about what the story is, it kind of like, oh, wait, this is a game about making a sequel to a game. Right. Just I in all this conspiracy, nuclear right. war jargon. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I kind of... It's it's sort of vague, but yeah, that was that's like when when well, see I didn't play that I didn't play that till later because I didn't have a PS2 at the time and that wasn't really at the top of my list. Uh, Did you know that you didn't play as Snake the entire game? No, I didn't. I I, I can't remember how well because I feel like that was a big surprise for everyone because all they really showed that I remember was the tanker. Right, that was the demo, and that's that was like that was like a the, lot of the, the the press and everything, and it was showing snakes so instead of Shadow Moses to get the feeling that you're on this tanker ship the whole game. Only it's a lot bigger than that, and that's maybe Metal Gear Solid. Like after that initial launch year, all of a sudden we're getting PS2 games that are now they're actually bigger than what we oh, were before. Right, that's um, that's definitely a good point. Because Metal Gear Solid Two is like it's bigger and everything, but it's also, a lot of people were upset because it's like, wait, I, I have to play this whiny Raiden guy now? And he, yeah. got a, he got a really raw deal because I never really disliked him. He wasn't Snake, but I was always up for what, 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 what they were doing with the, the, the sequel. But Yeah, and well, I think that's, that's something. I mean, that's just a, a console uh, cycle issue, right? Where you have the first round of games tend to be, you know, small but good. Or ambitious but messy, or you know somewhere in between that, where you have this sort of sliding scale, 
where a game can't both be technically great and conceptually great as a launch title. <laughs> you kind of like you're you're giving up something somewhere, but then you get a year or two in and you start getting these games, bigger concept, bigger gameplay, um, and technically well done. Uh, so uh, in the year, I don't remember exactly what happened in the year 2001 because I feel like my brother should have graduated college and come home, but this year I think was the last summer that I had also to because that. Me getting a job at GameStop is what really suddenly, like, looking at the games that I played and what I missed out on, getting that job at GameStop made the real big deal, because the summer of 2001, I was still mostly playing older games. I believe that was the, the summer or the year that I tried for the third time to play through Final Fantasy VIII and gave up. Um, it's always at the damn basketball court where you find out they're all from the same orphanage. You never finished that one? I could never get past that damn basketball court. That stupid, like... Oh, we all know like, each other, but the Guardian... We just don't remember, yeah. up with our yeah, memory. I, 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 could never, I could never get past I like, that. Oh, I, I can't believe it! They know each other! You're excited about it? And I'm just sitting here like, I can't believe this crap. I'm going to, the, I'm going to play Final Fantasy 1 instead. Like, that was the summer I nearly beat Final Fantasy 1 on the NES... The NES, not the, NES. the not the. Uh, re- I don't think they, they they had the re-release yet. They might have, but I, it was not the re-release on PlayStation. It was the old NES title, where if you had someone attack a dead guy, they attacked the dead guy, so the attack was wasted. Um, oh yeah, it, it, and I almost got to level fifty. I was at the last dungeon, and one day, I I turned the game on, and it doesn't. It, it can't find a save file. It can't find the save file, so uh, it, it, my save got randomly deleted, and I had to start over. And from that point on, it's like you know what, I as good as beat it anyway. Um, yeah, that's, but that's the thing. That's like sad, I, I was playing story. like Harvest Moon Back to Nature on the original PlayStation. I was still playing PlayStation One games and stuff until I applied to get a job at GameStop. I told them at my last job I spent most of my time playing Game Boy, and they were like, "This is the kind of guy we want working for us." <laughs> And from then on, like, the first game... Because the GameStop used to have a rental policy where employees could... If it wasn't a very big popular game, like, if we knew we weren't going to be selling all our copies immediately, you could actually uh, gut it, which means you take the shrink wrap off, and you could basically borrow the game for a week. And then you put the shrink wrap back on, assuming it's still okay. Like, everyone checks, you know, we gotta delete the data and everything, make it as good as new... Um, so I borrowed Doom for the GBA and played it that way. Um, Doom released for the GBA. I think I knew that. <laughs> but the thing is, like now when I think about this, it's like, oh my god, I wouldn't want a game someone else just gun it and play. But they can't do right. it. Well, actually, they can do it now because if they put it on the shelf, it, it's not shrink wrapped again. Like we had a shrink wrap machine. Right. We also well, had a refurb machine. Like they got I mean, rid would, of all of these things in the GameStop. That I mean, I would I would figure that you would just at this, you would still be able to do it with used games or something like that. Um, a little bit, a little bit. Pull something because especially yeah, especially because I don't know all the you probably get a lot of used inventory. But. Oh no 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 no! I mean that's a, that's another. No, no, thing. Here's the here's actually the real because when I originally applied, it wasn't GameStop yet. Oh, is EB Games? Well, I went to the software, etc., in the mall, because you know the mall. I mean, yeah. 
I went to the software, etc., and they said, well, we're not really hiring, but the guys across the street are in the Funko land. Funko. They were all owned by, actually, it was Barnes & Noble that owned this company and set them all up as GameStop. So, I got hired by Funko Land, but the day I started working, they were changing the sign to GameStop. So, uh, I was like right at that shift. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that another, was changing that's over. another little bit of nostalgia, right? Is like it's Funko Land, EB, Funko Land, and EV Games, and like that's like even even when everything was like all CDs, you went to Funko Land to be like, I want to buy some for a Super Nintendo. Like, it was all the used games. That was the pawn shop. Unfortunately, because of that, it was also the indie district in South Jersey. That, like, if there was ever any kind of, like, trading competition between the stores, we were basically, like, by default could not win because otherwise we would floor everyone else because we used to be a Funko Land. Everyone knew that's where you took games to trade in. And one uh. year... One year, we found out the people in the mall were saying, oh, we can't take trade-ins right now, but the people across the street can. So there were people trying to trade in at the mall location, but the stupid employees were just sending, scumming them all off to us for no yeah. good reason. Weird. So it was... Anyways, that's that's, that's all. A, that's, another, that's just like another. fun little stuff for me. Like Again, I also remember my first day, they had um, Silent Hill 2 on one of the demo kiosks, which... I don't know if you could get away with that these days. I mean, it is Silent Hill, but that's where get away with. But it's like that's that that's why like I love the theme of Lara from that soundtrack because that's what's playing when the 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 title screen loops and everything. Uh, and that was my only exposure to Silent Hill two for the longest time. Was that one? Uh, yeah. Well, we what that so sort of we're we're in two thousand one. Yes, and we're about to hit the launch of both the GameCube and the Xbox. The Xbox hit like a month before. And of course, Halo. Halo. So that so so that was sort of my my next step into console console land. Did any of you or your friends like have any faith in Microsoft? Because yeah, so I had so that was the thing. I had one friend, got one guy on my floor. He's the guy who actually bought the Xbox. But by this point, you're in college, right? Yeah, I'm in college. So there's one guy on my floor, and he is like, for some reason, loves Microsoft. Um, he was the one guy in the whole world. Um, and he's got his Xbox at launch with Halo. I don't remember if he had another game with it. Like, I remember some of the other stuff we picked up. Um, um Dead or Alive 3, Munch's Odyssey, uh, World Munch's Odyssey. Uh, there wasn't really a lot of other good stuff yeah. at launch. Eventually Morrowind came out, but that was like months, yeah. a I mean, few months later. We played, we played a lot, Halo. And it was so crazy to me thinking back at it. I was playing Halo. This is my first. I, I, I don't have big hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. It was shortly that, that giant controller. Oh, the Duke. The Duke. They call it the Duke now. The Duke. The, uh, the Penny Arcade strips where it was like this, like the the first one where it's a bear, <laughs> and it's like, is this a new Xbox controller? I kind of like it. Like, um, and they, they they showed it like the. the the, the controllers are huge on their lap, like bigger than they were. <laughs> yeah. Oh my that's god! How I, that's how I felt though. Um, and so I was like, Mister, like, oh, shooters suck on consoles because all <laughs> I had tried out like Medal of Honor or something on the PS One. That's the thing. But, uh, well, Medal of Honor wasn't until the next year, was it? Not? Okay, maybe it was. I forget what it was. I, I felt like I had tried out some kind of shooter. 
Oh, well, you might have played on the original PlayStation. Medal of Honor Frontline. That's what I mean, on, on the original PlayStation. Okay, yeah. I had played like Medal of Honor on the original PlayStation and was convinced that shooters could not be done on the console. And it, it took me, I remember playing Halo on easy and dying. And I'm like, how do you die on easy in the original Halo? <laughs> but anyway. Um, now, yeah. It's, it's, and now, and then of course, because it was, you know, college dorm, there were like three guys who got Xboxes, and so we'd system link them over the, the network and and play multiplayer. And so that was like a big part of my my college experience freshman year was playing Halo all the time. No, the, 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 the funny thing about Halo is I actually, I did not get the Xbox yet. Um, the year prior, I think it was still being called the Direct Xbox. Or, or something along those lines. Like it wasn't being called the Xbox yet when I remember talking to a friend of mine who was like, can you believe Microsoft's trying to come out with a system? Everybody knows a third system fails. Xbox is going to bite it so hard. And they might have, were it not for getting Bungie, who did get to release one game on the PS2 called Oni. Oni, I played that. You did play that. I have not gotten to. I'm actually curious oh. about it because... It's evidently not great, but it, I don't know. It's, they, they were making it for the PS2. It wasn't going to be good. But Halo, like, for years was being advertised for, uh, like, a Macworld and stuff like that. And then the the company was basically on the brink of death when Microsoft comes and is like, we're going to buy you, or at least we would like to buy you, and uh, have you exclusively develop this game for Xbox, which would be like the third or fourth time they'd have to rebuild the, the game, right. which is one of the reasons it's so repetitive in a lot of places. Yeah, because it's like th- th- they're they're scrambling to like start the game over again. Yeah, what's funny is I had a so another guy on my floor was like Mr. Apple, <laughs> and so he had played. He loved the marathon. The marathon yeah, series. The marathon yeah. series. He introduced me to the marathon well? series. Uh, I'm assuming he, he had, but I specifically remember him introducing and playing marathon on whatever like Apple sorcery box he had <laughs> um, at the time. I don't, I don't entirely remember it, but he was so mad when when Microsoft bought Bungie um, because it basically meant that like they would never be making anything for an Apple computer. Ever again, uh, which was which was you know pretty pretty sad for him. But but, um, but I mean I mean honestly though the Xbox from a sales perspective the Xbox was a failure, wasn't it? Yes and no. Um, it was successful enough because of Halo and a few other things. Like I mean, they very, sold like three of them in Japan, like literally three Xbox. They've never been able to, which is funny because that's the Xbox S controller was the default controller in Japan. That that's what they ended up coming out. It was like all the press, especially, were like, "Look, Americans have these giant, fat, uncomfortable controllers <laughs> that you could bludgeon someone to death with." <laughs> um, it actually happened in my dorm. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile. Like, over Japan, they give you the tiny controllers. It's like, give us the smaller controller. It's for normal people. <laughs> Which is a shame, because all of my co-workers uh, were, like, all these guys that were, like, 6'5 and stuff. Like, every single one of them was tall and had these big hands. And the only controllers they ever liked were the Dreamcast and Xbox controllers. Which, Peter Moore, I believe it was, 
was the guy on the uh, working with Sega to develop the Dreamcast. Helped with the whole Windows CE thing, console edition for Dreamcast, and moved to Microsoft for the Xbox. Interesting. By the way, can we talk about the Dreamcast controller for a second? And how blocky it is? And why didn't they just put a second analog stick on it? I don't think anyone... Honestly, I... In, in, this, in this brief era, I was one of the biggest idiots and one of the most, uh, uh, I guess, uh, like a Luddite or Luddite, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, not an actual Luddite, but close to it because I had a chance when my dad, when I got good enough grades, by which I mean B average because I was the disappointment of the family, when I got good enough grades to earn a PlayStation so I could play Final Fantasy VII on my own instead of at my cousin's um my dad offered me he was like why don't we get the new one that is called the dual shock and i'm sitting here thinking 30 bucks for an extra extra stick on the controller i don't need that for any sticks i don't need that i'm playing final fantasy <sighs> so Little did I know, like, years later, I'm playing Alien Resurrection on the PlayStation, which is a full 3D first-person shooter, and I'm like, you can't shoot these damn facehuggers, these controllers suck, and it's like, it dawns on me when I'm watching the demo video, it's like, how does the guy aim that well? Wait a minute. I open up the, yeah, it's like you open up the instruction manual, it's like, oh, that's what those sticks are for. So, Dreamcast, especially being a Japanese product, uh, well, then again, so was the Sony PlayStation, but, I don't know, I guess because Sony of America, they might have had a little bit more um, experience just, with it. Like, because Sega's also a, I mean, I, I've, I've been wanting to talk about this when it comes to, like, the, 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 the two, like, Nintendo and Sega, but Sega's an arcade company as well. You don't really need two sticks on an arcade machine, except for how does... Maybe like Smash. Well, I mean, even I mean, even playing something like uh, like Skies of Arcadia, you had that like, or or any of the Sonic games, you had the this that uncomfortable triggers are your camera layout and things like that, which just becomes so much more natural. Anyway, well, they, they were just figuring it out, is what. what yeah, what I mean, the they were they, they were just figuring it out, but uh, that really always kind of soured the Dreamcast for me. Was like, here's this super forward-thinking machine with these memory cards with screens, and the memory card well, is actually a tiny little like Game Boy console. But we only put one stick on it. I don't remember if 2001 was the year that it officially died, but um, it was at least on its way because before I got to college in 2003, autumn 2003, um, Sonic Adventure was getting ported to the GameCube. So, I mean, Dreamcast—they uh, pay for that lack of foresight, early release, being regular CDs instead of uh, DVDs. Um, yeah, it's poor, but poor one out for the Dreamcast. I'm trying to think. Uh, Final Fantasy X, oh, 2001. Before, yeah, that's the thing. I didn't get an Xbox at launch, so for two things for me, because I also like I finally started getting games I liked, like uh, Mega Man Battle Network and the port of Breath of Fire into Game Boy Advance, but. Um, the before Final Fantasy X came Aliens vs Predator 2 on the PC 
Did you ever play this? I never did play that one. This is my first real PC game. Like, I've played... My brother had Masters of Orion 2 on his computer that I played when he was home from college one year. I played um, a little bit of his copy of MechWarrior 2, but I never really did much PC gaming. Aliens vs. Predator 2 was the first one I did because it was Aliens and Predator, and I was in love with this franchise now. And I bought it. And it ran like crap, and this is how I learned how to upgrade your RAM. Ooh. I went from, get this, the minimum requirement on Windows XP of 128 megs of RAM to 256 megs Whoa, of RAM. Whoa, you put 256 megs of RAM in that? 256. Whoa, that's crazy. And uh, I think it was the next summer I would upgrade to 512. Oh man, five twelve. So it took me that much to actually end dropping the detail settings a lot in order to play. Did you upgrade your video card. That was the next year. I will get into why. <laughs> uh, that might not actually no. That wasn't until two thousand three. That you upgraded your video card. Yes, but I did get to play Aliens vs Predator two on very low graphical settings, and I absolutely loved it. Um, See, I had like a video card daisy chain going on where I get like the the GeForce four. So like the GeForce 3 from this machine would go down to but, this oh machine. Oh my god. But I'm now like, for a game we both did play, Final Fantasy X for Christmas. It so, released just in time for Christmas that year, which means I probably bought it with Christmas money. So I was late to that party. Um, when was that? Was that Christmas 2000 or Christmas 2001? Christmas 2001. That was not long. Okay, yeah, yet. that's right. So, that was, so that's actually, that's when I finally got the PS2, was that spring... Uh, like late that winter or that spring so that I could play Final Fantasy X. Because it was launching in Japan in July of that year, but we got it later because of the That's whole right. localization stuff. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm remembering that, that all now. Um, and right from the get-go, I was... Because again, like I'm an old, old-timey-wimey, uh, grumbly Final Fantasy fan that felt sold out with a, a 9. You know, it started well with the tone, but eventually it's like, man, even 9 is terrible. And it, it wasn't. It just has a really crappy ending. Um, it, it's weird once Garland shows up, man. It's, it, it, it seems does, so it does, out of place. It does get um, But 10, I gave... Ball, kind of. 10, 10, I was already, by just default, hating on. I bought it, which makes me a sucker, but... I was already kind of hating on Final Fantasy X, but... I, I, you know, I was a tough sell on 10, and at the time... I, I knew the voice acting was kind of terrible, specifically specifically Titus. And I feel like the... I Actually, feel like time has vindicated me a little bit. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going to do that to our poor listeners. Um, except it's too late, you already did it, you jerk. Um... I, I actually, because it turns out the guy's actually not a bad voice actor. It's just part of it is like localization is tough because right. you don't get a lot of time to read the script. Like you're basically brought in, here's the script, read it. And you're kind of like, most of those are like the first time they're doing it. Oh yeah. And, and that moment, like I, I will go up to bat for other people. Like, cause honestly, I do think it is still an awful scene and I'd much rather play this game in Japanese. Um, because I'm a weeaboo, but that's it is supposed to be terrible and weird. I mean, it is supposed right. to be uncomfortable forced laughter. My 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 whole thought on it was I remember at the time thinking, 
I, I liked his voiceover voice, but I didn't like his, like... You mean when he sounds like Fred Savage in The Wonder Years? <laughs> Well, it was better. It was better. That than was his. a friend of mine. Like we were all playing Final Fantasy X. We went, met up at school after the Christmas break, and he's like, "I feel like Fred Savage from The Wonder Years should be ro- catching a football in slow motion." Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't. I don't know. I, actually, you know, some of the characters I think hold up better than others. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I but, will say, playing through the game, the combat system. I actually did enjoy, and I still enjoy it now. Like going back, trying to play the HD version, I did still enjoy the combat system. Yeah, and that, that actually is something, something that also I remember. I didn't know you could pause it for some reason, or maybe you couldn't pause it. I, I forget. I remember leaving it on in the middle of the battle, just on to go to class, and then coming back after being at two class, like two or three classes. I had my TV. You know, I turned my TV off, um, <laughs> and then coming back. And just like jumping right back into the battle because it was turn based, <laughs> and you could just do that. You could just like leave the room and come back two hours later and like, okay, we're doing this. Oh, we did stuff like that. I know my friend left his system on all day at times when he went to school. Um, but and there were some like some pretty epic battles. But that was, I feel like though for me, seven, eight, and nine, I just really loved. There was, I, I loved the. I don't know what it is. The strangeness, and I loved some of the things that people hate. I like the the weird romance factor, like like the. I honestly need to play the game again, which I do plan on. Um, ever since I uh, stopped doing the uh, JRP Diary series on my YouTube mm. channel, um, I've been intending to just go back, re-, re record the footage, play the game, and make it just a whole video instead of the the crappy. Yeah. Semi less play that I was trying, um, but um, but Final Fantasy X, it was it never quite. That was sort of a little bit of a downturn in the series for me. That that didn't. You quite, had a downturn. I love nine. Nine is I hold nine as being like I know one of and my you tried, Final Fantasy. You pinnacle. tried when we first started being friends. You tried. Like, this is like eight years ago now. Good God. Um, you tried getting me to play Final Fantasy XIII. You had a downtime with this franchise? Down I, thought, I thought ten, like, nine is, like, somewhere way up here as I hold my hand far above my head. <laughs> and I feel like ten kind of dipped down a little bit. Thirteen is, is better than it gets credit for. I've heard a lot of people say that. I will one day try it. One. I'm waiting for them to have the HD 13 complete collection. There you go. I mean, it's got to be coming. They just did 12. And honestly, 13-2 is the best 13. I think I've heard that, yes. 13-2 was like... That was... That was a... I, I would actually... I would play that again. If they come this up isn't with about 13. This is... We're, we're, totally, we gotta, we're totally off topic here. We are but totally anyway, off so topic. 10 was... I think the voice acting and everything else... It's like one of those things like somebody who... When you read the book... And, and then they make a movie out of it... And obviously it's not really the same, but like... There's some, I felt like I lost something when I went from just reading it and sort of imagining. There was a little bit of imagination left in, <laughs> in how and in, in the characters, and Ten took that away. I think it also really took away a lot of the. Ultimately, in Final Fantasy games, the dialogue trees were meaningless. 
but 10 took those away even more. Like, okay, in 7, it determined, like, who do you go on a date with? I have an idea. Or you could, or it could... I have an idea. Yeah? Do you have Final Fantasy X HD? Yes. Maybe what we should do is we should both play through ten again, and then come back and record a podcast on it. Maybe. So that way we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, see, I feel like that was a... I mean, we're talking about this. That was a big game for me in, in this particular moment, because this is also... We're talking about converting the guy who loved playing Quake 3 and loved playing Unreal Tournament... Um, into a and, guy that loves playing these Japanese role right games. into a game into kind of full full conversion into here and uh, as you're sitting there in your college dorm playing it are you telling your friends look at these pants I have no idea what's going on <laughs> with this guy's pants but I love it my roommate made fun of the pants everyone did everyone made um, <laughs> it was Tetsuya Namura anyways um, but moving into 2002 which uh, like I'm looking at some of this stuff and it's like man this is like the last stretch of the PS2 really being meaningful, meaningful for me. Like it after 2002, I stopped caring about the PlayStation 2. Uh, earlier that year, it comes out with Maximo Ghosts to Glory, which I imagine, yeah, a lot of people don't even know what that is now. It's a sequel to Ghosts and Goblins, isn't it? Sort of. It's sort of a remake. Um, it was an effort to do that, and one of the reasons I loved it was... Unlike the place... Like, this is also when we're seeing... Like, remember... Do you remember how Final Fantasy X, it was a big deal? The the lip technology, like, the way they speak? Yeah. Like, the facial animation. because of the emotion engine. Yes, the emotion engine, because of the, the, the facial expressions and stuff. Like, we're getting the, to the point where they're like, all of this crap we could not even dream of on the PlayStation. And with Maximo... Everyone looks like they're from some kind of a 3D animated movie, including the very cartoonish, bouncy movements of the alligators, of the skeleton warriors and stuff. So it's a really difficult game. It's, you know, it's Dark Souls before Dark Souls, goddammit. Um, there were hard games before Dark Souls, man, but... It's a game that I never got to beat because of how difficult it is, but it was I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I also had the time to bang my head against the wall, <laughs> and I would love to kind of see, like, I would love to play it again. I think you can if you got PlayStation Now or something, but otherwise, there's no real there's way. There's no way, it. yeah, it's so hard to find these games anymore, but... And also, I don't have a PS2. Um, let's see. Also coming out was Guitaru Man. I he's, don't he's talking about all these games that I just was. I, I know, saw, I know, I know. Like I saw them Guitar on the shelf. Man was more of a college thing for me, though. I like, saw it on the shelf, and I was like, "Oh, that's a game." A game. I, I could part die. Of the, we were still figuring out box art because there were some games that were supposed to be great that I completely ignored, like Time Splitters. Time Splitters had some dumb-looking box art, but was yeah. evidently a really good PS2 launch title that nobody played because it had really dumb-looking box art. That's true. I played Time Splitters too. I never played Times the original Time Splitters, but um, that didn't even have great box art. No, it was just it a guy like um, that's for you, dear listeners. Uh, but Guitar <laughs> Man was a great game to play, but I didn't play it until college when someone I knew actually owned it. Um, I just wanted to bring it up because it's like Guitar Man. Someone bring back Guitar Man. Um, but May 
um, was significant for a few reasons. And even April before that, because in March, the Resident Evil movie came out. I had no interest in Resident Evil. I played Resident Evil 2 once at my cousin's house, and after I got killed by the liquor, I had insisted the game was stupid and wanted to play more Final Fantasy VII again. So... That sounds about right. I saw the movie, but I went with two friends that ended up obsessively discussing the story together because they'd been playing the games, and... When, when you're like 16, I think I was years old, and don't know any better, a lot of the stuff they're talking about actually sounds like a good story. So, and of course we saw the movie, and the movie wasn't that. Um, yeah. we, thought the uh, movie, but... we thought the movie was fun. It gave my mom a nightmare. That's kind of funny, but... Um, the, the laser grid thing. The la- that's, that's, that's really all anybody remembers from that movie, right? <laughs> Uh, I remember more. I, I watched I mean, it I again remember, recently. And I, I, I remember more. I've seen it a couple of times. It's but. kind of boring now. But um, regardless, watched I watched Resident, we watched Resident Evil and I was like, you know what? I'm finally buying a GameCube because I had spare cash at the time, I guess. Uh, I bought like a used one from the GameStop I worked at. And I put a pre-order down for Resident Evil. And the Resident Evil remake was phenomenal and I think because that was my first exposure to the franchise that will always be one of my favorites because it is the first game but with a lot of quality of life improvements and changes so when I played the uh, port of Resident Evil 2 that they released the GameCube that's just a PlayStation game and it feels a lot more straightforward a lot less cleverly designed and just Everyone loved it because it was more action-y, I think, but the story and everything to it, like, it just seemed silly to start expanding at that point. So the first Resident right. Evil, I, I I loved that remake, um, but what really impacted me that uh, summer was, first, I bought Metal of Honor Frontline and started getting used to twin-stick controls for a shooter on console. It wasn't bad. But June, July, around sometime, me, my friend, my brother, we all go to the GameStop I work at, and I finally buy myself one of the used Xboxes. And I get with it Halo Combat Evolved, Morrowind, and Hunter the Reckoning. Hunter the Reckoning! (laughs) (laughs) I played that one. Oh my god, you didn't even write that down. (laughs) I didn't write that down because it was so immensely forgettable. But yeah, I but the thing that. is, my brother loved White Wolf role-playing games, like Vampire the Masquerade right. and uh, the the not Changeling. I know that's one of them, but that's not one of the ones he loved. But Hunter the Reckoning was one of these franchises, so I ended up grabbing it because it's one of those co-op games you could play together. And it didn't really matter. We played it a little bit, but we Halo became my new obsession. Mm-hmm. It. Was, like we, me and my brother, two or three nights in a row, we stayed up until like two a.m. playing the, playing it on co-op, and yeah, it's it is amusing to think like the 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 beginning of the library, we died over and over and over because the flood just seemed like they kept coming, and now it's like I can play that on legendary, man. Yeah, I mean, eventually that that was the thing with that, right? It was that is for for a lot of us that was our introduction to this. The using the the, the, the two, the two yeah. stick layout on, and so playing it on easy it was a challenge because 
Just getting used no, to no, the no, controls. No. no, no, no. Normal. You never knocked it down to easy. Anyway, um, but then right, but then by the by the time you were done with it, you know you were playing. You would everyone had beaten it on legendary. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. I played it over and over and over to the point that I started. Um, I started basically just every once in a while loading it up, like just the beginning of the silent cartographer on legendary, and just repeating the the, the beach. Uh, sequence over and over like I tell it restart 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 um, because it's such an intense beginning and I wanted to see how many soldiers I could keep alive right. like, this would just be something that I would do over and over um, Halo is like it, it is the game that convinced me I wanted to get into game design and clearly that didn't happen but it's at least the game that has helped me get much more interested in games criticism like that is the game that I started to really learn what makes the game tick yeah and so now for me what's funny about about Halo looking back is at the time because PC gaming etc you know I wanted to tell people well it's not as good as Mm. (laughs) Half-Life which was on PS2 by the way Uh, yeah it's true it was at the Half-Life port or you know, ah, just borrowing ideas from this, borrowing ideas from that. But, but but like, let's let's be serious. Like, Halo has a really important spot in terms of cinematic gaming. Everyone needed a vehicle section after that. Yeah. Unreal Tournament Two K Four added vehicle modes that were completely clearly ripping off. Dude, oh, you, yeah. you played two, you played Onslaught. I, I played, yeah. They have the ghost rip-off. It is... Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 remember, I remember that being the total ghost rip-off. But, uh, yeah, I think I think that was... I mean, that really became the, the sort of the defining game, Halo. Halo 2 never... I think for some people, Halo 2... For me, Halo 2 is a college memory, so if we, I, I feel like doing a part 2 of this sometime... Yeah. To finish off like the like the, the the twilight years of these systems, because for me this is like getting into this new generation where we're getting into what would set the foundations of today's gaming kind of a thing. Yeah. Um. Because Halo, I played so much of it that summer, and I eventually did uh, start putting it down more often. Um. But it was let's see what came out. August was the thing which nobody. That was, that was absolutely bad. no one played that. Uh, you don't care about Mega Man Zero. Uh, I need to replay it. Um, the last three games for the this that that autumn that holiday season, the last three games for the PS2 I cared to play were Robotech Battle Cry, which again you wouldn't have cared about because, yep. but I grew up with Robotech. Um, I loved Robotech, and just the cell shading looked gorgeous. The controls were awkward, and there was a lot of other stuff wrong with this game, but I still loved it because it was the only Robotech game we're going to have. The biggest problem I had was barely any of it took place during, like, the main bro- uh, block of the show. Okay. Like, it's like the, the, the after, spoilers, after Earth gets destroyed parts. And it's just a lot of repetitive missions. Some of them are very frustrating, and... It was, it was all right, but it's not the Robotech or at this point Macross game that I want to play. Um, Wild Arms 3, 
Did you get to play Wild Arms 3? Uh, no, I only ever played the original Wild Arms. Wild Arms 3 was a good one. Oh, you can actually play it on... You can download it off PS4. That could be another one that we do a sort of a group play on, okay. if we can arrange this stuff at all. Um, because that was an RPG. The, the combat system... The problem with Wild Arms is the combat system has always been behind everyone else in some way. But... The dungeon design of Wild Arms is phenomenal because it focuses a lot on puzzles. And mm. they also figured out a sort of currency that you can collect to skip certain battles. That's interesting. It, it, like, skip random encounters, I should say. Ah. Um, and with Wild Arms 3, it also... Because every game's got like the, 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 the boat or the airship or something... Wild Arms 3, the, 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 the sea is completely sand now for this future world. Um, so you get a boat that crosses the sand, but there are giant monsters that live in there. But instead of just fighting, like, having all your party members on the deck fighting them, each of them mans a different part of the ship. That then, like, you gotta hook the monster, steer them close, and then fire a cannon. That's kind of and cool. stuff like that. And they give tons of experience. The battles aren't that hard. So it's like, I'm going to go just grind experience the easy and fun the way. sand sea. So Wild Arms is one of those franchises with a lot of good ideas, a lot of good narrative writing and stuff, but always is lagging in some way hmm. that it's it never quite became... It never gets, kind of gets to the front of the pack, yeah. And I'm... finally, on the PS2 that year, in the last PS2 game I really played much of, Dragon Ball Z Budokai. We played a lot of different games that. <laughs> well, I haven't really gotten into um, some of the other stuff because well, I know one of them you got. You got because uh, you don't care about Metroid Prime or Fusion, even though they were. We huge know for that me. was actually Metroid. Wait, Metroid Prime. Which one was that? Was that GameCube? That was the GameCube one. Yeah. So yeah, that was one I intended to play on the GameCube. But I'm also I got everything. Part of what's tough for me with doing this is I was so out of order on it on everything <laughs> because I owned at various points a PS2, an Xbox, a GameCube, a Dreamcast, and I kept up on PC games as well. But I kind of played a lot of stuff out of order. So I got the Dreamcast right around when everybody was selling Dreamcast really cheap. Um, and you could get the whole catalog of Dreamcast games really cheap. <laughs> and then, you know, I kind of had a GameCube. I didn't really play it that much. And so I kind of, I played a lot of stuff out of order. Um, because it was like, I saw a Dreamcast game. Oh, I heard that game was good. I got it for $2 or something like that. Um, but I was doing that in 2005. So... Yeah, and you know what you were playing? You got Mario Sunshine is what you got, evidently. Yes. Oh, that was my that was my Mario story for you. I always because I, I already told you the story, but I'll tell our listeners as well. I always like I loved the Mario games growing up. I had a friend who had a Super Nintendo. I loved going over his house and playing Super Mario World. I I once beat Super Mario Three. This isn't really that much of a feat, but I beat it without losing a single life. I was like nine. <laughs> so that's that's actually a pretty big feat for a nine-year-old. I think you just dreamed it. No, I really, I really did it. Well, because I used all the techniques. I, I knew where to get all the whistles. I knew where to get the P-wing and where to get the cloud so that I could skip the one level and fly over the one airship where I would usually die. I had the whole <laughs> thing. It was almost like it was almost like speed running. 
but not really. <laughs> We're like, I had, it was I, the beginning of it. It was the beginning of it. Right. Well, I, had, I had figured out the perfect path to avoid all the hardest levels and to get to the very end without dying. Are you sure you didn't just watch The Wizard and learn from that? Yes, yeah, everything I knew I learned from The Wizard. But anyway, so so when I finally had a Nintendo system again, I really was like, okay, what's like the latest Mario game? I want to get back into Mario. And so I get it I get it from GameStop. And the disc is... It looks like a normal disc. The disc won't play. So I take it back. I get another disc. Still won't play. Take it back. Get another disc. Still won't play. And I just give up. And I didn't play a Mario game for like 10 years after that. Because it was just like... There's no point. So you didn't even get to play Super Mario Sunshine. I never even got to play Super Mario Sunshine. At which point, you might not have been happy anyway, because nobody liked Mario Sunshine. Well, okay, that's not true. A lot of people did. But it was like... The GameCube was very unfortunate, because a lot of people came off of the N64, and anything new that Nintendo was trying was viewed negatively. I didn't get to play Luigi's Mansion, but everyone was unhappy with Luigi's Mansion. I wanted to play a game where you could be Luigi... Were you guys playing Smash Brothers in college? Not really. No, I, I, we never. I never really got in with people who played Smash Brothers. Because that was actually the big thing in 2001. I think um, one of the big things. Because Smash Brothers did come out in America in 2001, and I remember I did have that. And nobody wanted to play with me until I got to college. And I'll, I'll save that for college time. For for your well, your college, college time, time, which yeah. overlaps with my college yeah. and post college time, which overlaps with me having a job and a credit card and just being like. Hey, I'm going to buy an Xbox 360, because I oh, can. Man. <laughs> um, I shouldn't have bought it. Ikaruga was a game that... Wait, didn't that come out when I was in college? That might have been a little later, too. But, um... Metroid Prime, though, like... Metroid Prime was my next big game. I remember we got the demo in when I was working at GameStop, and it is the only... Because, like, The Wind Waker came out the next year, and I was one of those... Zelda, more like Zelda jerks. <laughs> um, because, as you said, like this, this, this is like when I became. Oh, you were trying to do the ha 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 ha. Yeah, um, I didn't have it that time. The um, I don't know. I was just like a, a jerk at this point. But Metroid Prime, I was nervous about because it was first person, but I was also excited about. And when I played it, it was everything I wanted it to be. And I still, to this day, really love that one. Um, I love all of them, dude. Like, Meshwood is one of my favorite franchises. I think I may have actually purchased it at one point. We have to, so my TV for playing for playing games on it, console games on at this point, um, that, that I played, like, for my personal games, was a 13-inch was a TV. And I don't think that was big enough to accommodate playing some of these games, like Metroid Prime, for example... From on the couch, where it was situated, um, I had the Xbox downstairs hooked up to a bigger TV that we could we play on it together. But if I was playing by myself, I'm playing on this tiny TV. So I wonder if that because I did play Met. Now that I'm thinking about, it, I played Metroid Prime, <laughs> but it was too hard on my tiny TV. I think it might be. It has a uh, busy HUD, but a cleanly busy HUD. It's kind of weird to describe. Um, anyway. Metro Prime Fusion, I mostly... Like, I actually do remember playing that in high school. And I... Decided I hated it at the time because I really didn't know what a bad video game was. In truth, I didn't know what a bad video game was. Now I do. I played some real stinkers. And Metro, <laughs> Metroid Fusion was not an awful game. It's just... Hey, was that the one on the Game Boy Advance? Yes. I played that too. 
So it was very linear. It was very linear. You you probably emulated it. <laughs> uh, but no, the one game that oh, also you didn't play Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee. You could pick up a building and throw it at the other guy. For a Godzilla fan like me, this game was everything. But you are lame and you don't like nice things. <laughs> so, Mecha Soul. Mechasol. You actually have that written down. <laughs> I have that written down because that was one of the, that was one of the games we played on. Uh... So you know what's funny about Mechasol? I used to blame Mechasol for when I was bad at Halo, because for some reason when I was in a third person perspective at the time, I needed my my vertical to be inverted. Mm. But in a first person shooter, I wanted my vertical to be not inverted. So when Whereas I, was I just don't like inverted. Right. So I would play Mech Assault with an inverted vertical, and then I'd switch to Halo and be non-inverted, and I would stink at Halo because I'm like, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> and so every time I died, I would just play Mech Assault. <laughs> that. You know, you could change those options. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was that I, my brain wanted to be standard when I was looking in first person, and my brain wanted to be inverted when I was looking in third person. Oh, you know what I forgot was Star Wars Rogue Squadron on the uh, GameCube. I, I never got to play that one. It wasn't bad. I didn't get to play much of it. I love the, 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 the trench battle, but after that I didn't play much. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, keep it on with Mega Salt though. The thing, like, I, I remember MechWarrior. I did enjoy playing it on my brother's computer with cheat codes. But Mega Salt, I felt like it made sense because Mecha, MechWarrior as it was... I don't think it was ever going to work on the Xbox at that time. No. And of course, Steel Battalion, I remember selling that at GameStop. Do you that need to buy like, the, the giant you, controller? You need to buy the, the giant controller, um, which is basically a cockpit. And I got to play, like, use one at one point. It's actually really cool, but it's. The nature of MechWarrior does not fit a control pad very well. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you could uh, modify it for that, but. It's just, MechWarrior is all about trying to emulate the idea of being in a cockpit, whereas Mecha Assault was like, okay, let's make this a bit more action-based and for and a bit arcadey as well for consoles. Yeah. And for that, it was actually pretty good, except yeah, if you did go online, what 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 did you, what, what mech did you play? I don't even remember at this point, dude. It was, it's been so long. Um... I was one of the jerks that was always on the Mad Cat. I knew, I think it was actually it was actually the Mad Cat because the, the the Mad Cat everyone hated it because it's like a noob, it's a noob mech because it's it's weapon loadout is such that it is actually very easy to just kick someone else's ass because it's also like a heavy, but it's not the slowest. It's not like you can run circles around an Atlas very easy kind of a deal. Right. But what a lot of people um, they. I, I at least figured out that a lot of people that played the Mad Cat didn't actually know how to play very well because they do nothing but PPCs and then when they were overheating they had nothing else they could do whereas I would be switching between um, you know oh I'm overheating let's switch to guns let's switch to missiles let's switch to this other right. stuff to fire in the meantime um, and yeah. it's always swapping weaponry and I don't know, like that, that I played that because that was Xbox Live. That was like the Xbox Live game to play for a while. 
because that right. was the next summer. I was playing that the next summer. Um, in fact, yeah, the 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 summer before I went to college was mostly taken up by a lot of Planet Side and Mechasol. Which Planet Side was the game that I upgraded my graphics card for. Oh, nice. Which maybe that is where I will finish because most of the notes I have for 2003 are for when I went to college. Um, February of 2003 was Zenisaga, though. Okay. I, you never played that? I did, I did play it. Um, I played episode one. I never beat it because I realized I hated the combat and I could not get past the boss because I wasn't high enough in level. Yeah, it was it was one of those in between games for me where like I was starting to realize because I had a, a little phase where I would play like all the like I said I, like like I thought Orphan Scion of Sorcery looked good at some point. Like, <laughs> I would play all of the JRPGs. Then you started to learn they're not all the same as Final Fantasy. Right. Oh, I, I learned that pretty quick, <laughs> but I learned that the things I liked about Final Fantasy weren't. Or Chrono Trigger, you know, weren't in all of them either. Um, so that I wasn't always getting. So like, even though okay, it's a turn-based or an active turn combat system, and it's a weird sci-fi story or something like that, but it didn't mean that it was going to hit those notes that really resonated with me from from Final Fantasy VII and VIII and all of that. So. Yeah, but Zeno Saga was funny. Yeah, I, I tried it. Didn't really love it. So, then, uh, again, like, I played it. And the, the big reason I was looking forward to it was because it was supposed to be, like, a continuation or a prequel to Xeno Gears on the PlayStation. Which, I don't know, you, you probably didn't get to play it? Or did you maybe a little bit? No, I never did. That's, that's always been on my list. It's but. weird because Xeno Gears feels so cheaply made. And in some ways, I guess it kind of was. Especially because by the disc by disc three, they keep showing segments where it's like just characters sitting in a chair narrating events instead of actually having you play through, and that's because they ran out of money. So there's a whole chunk of the game missing, and then you're at the final dungeon basically. Um, and the funny thing about Xena Saga that I realized at this one. Uh, boss fight, the character that Harry Gauze played was getting crucified because post-Evangelion religious imagery. Um, <laughs> and I had to I had to grind, I had to level up. And as I'm trying to grind, I realize I have to grind because I've been avoiding battles because this combat system is crap. I don't remember the specifics now, I just remembered hating the combat system. And that's why I avoided fights. Not because it was hard or because it was... I mean, it right. actually became hard. Because it's just, you were avoiding the fights. I hated... We got this, the same thing happened to me toward the end of Star Ocean 3. Um, mm. Where I wasn't that... It was a similar situation where I wasn't that I didn't like the combat. It was that I wasn't doing it right. Hmm. Where... Because it was a, like a real-time game. Where so watching people who were actually good at the game, there was this whole like cancel mechanic that would increase your damage, and if you could do it right, you could destroy any enemy. But I didn't do it for the entire game, and you finally got to the point where you needed to use the cancel mechanic to get your da damage multipliers 
to defeat some of the tougher enemies. And it was, I was honestly like, but anyway, so yeah, so I kind of feel you on like, <laughs> on combat wonkiness, like combat issues that you just didn't want to do or didn't learn. And yeah, and I gave up because I just, I would have had to totally relearn the whole game to. Um, no, I guess for me to finish it, because you do have some stuff you didn't get to just oh, yeah, talk I, about. I, just, which, I mean, I just had a, a lot of like notes on, you know. Games that you played that came out. And again, that because I'm so, I'm so scattered. Like, I mean, I think about our Xbox. The I'm one I wanted to talk about. Computer Chosen. So that was this really terrible fighting game, like a, uh, whatever. Oh, wait, it was is the that one the that one? got banned. Or, or yeah, you had to We do had it. We had the original. We had that one before the recall. What does the dude say? It's all about Jesus. I know. I thought it was an Islamic thing. I don't even remember. Maybe. It's one of those. It was religious in some it was, fashion. It was some religious thing that was offensive, and they had to pull the game, and... And all of that. And, and I kind of wish we had never traded that one back into GameStop. Because we had the original one before the recall, before the controversy. Even though it was just a crappy game. It was super crappy. That's why we tr- traded it back in. Yeah. It was super crappy. Um, Did anybody on your dorm play Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball? See, the really funny thing about that is all the guys... Again, all the guys in my work. They're all six-some foot. None of them were really enjoying it, but all of their girlfriends loved it. That's funny. And from the the sound of it is because the girlfriend actually liked playing volleyball, liked the relationship mechanics, and liked all the costumes. Right. So the things that make it appeal to lonely men in Japan are actually things that make it appeal to women in America, theoretically. Maybe not anymore. Who knows anymore? It's not um, very feminist, Chris. It's not. Um, and for me, uh, the last thing before college again was... Uh, Planet Side. I played it. I was always interested in it. I, 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 a coworker of mine needed to go on a trip, or not needed to. We wanted to go on a trip. I think because he and his girlfriend were going to have intimate relations on this trip, and what originally I did not want to cover his shifts. And I joked, I don't know, man, maybe if you get me Planet Side, and he grabs the box and he grabs a three month prepaid card and slams them both at the register. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I have a brief crisis of conscience before I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> that's what it takes. <laughs> I'll get paid and I'll get Planet Side at three months now, free. No, it was Planet Side. That was one that of was those. That was Sony's MMO first-person shooter. That's what I was saying. That was so. That was like a, a, a an early sort of persistent shooter world. I, yep. I remember that. And it was. I never on, actually oh, you know it. what? I do need to finish on this story because this summer had one of my favorite gaming memories. And I'm sorry we are running late, folks, but um, and especially here where it's oh that is late, um, but <laughs> um, it's past my again bedtime. like MMO MMO FPS. Um, it is the game that I, I asked my parents for a graphics card for my birthday. I get a a printer because I'm going off to college, and then my graduation present is a graphics card. <laughs> I love your face there. It's like it's like they they, they mixed they, up the they days. Got me all confused. They yeah. screwed up the days, but I got a graphics card because I was taking the computer to college with me. Um, my dad was getting himself a new one, and I learned how to install a graphics card. And all of a sudden, Planet Side could actually run on my computer. 
Was with, it AGP or PCI? It was at this point... Uh, dude, I don't remember. It was a graphics card. Uh, <laughs> it was better than the crap probably, that it originally came with. Did it have PCIe at that point? Probably AGP. Anyway, no keep talking. Um, so... Every once in a while, I'd sign in, and yeah, the idea is I I, I played the um the the venu that the purple guys, and the idea is you sign in with your faction, you do a drop and everything. Like, oh, I loved getting onto the transport, even though it's like it's just a dumb dumb aesthetic thing, because it's the thing that I loved about Halo was to me at the time it was the closest to a video game feeling like this kind of exciting Hollywood-ish war simulation. Um, of course, now I'm older and I realize how insulting all that sounds, but, um, the idea of getting into this drop ship, being in there, choosing a drop point, going in and just shooting people, like, it was this exciting kind of idea. And the, and you tried to get basically smaller spawn points before assaulting a fortress. And you did this little by little, and... One night, it was like a two-hour gaming session where I signed in at the start of a battle. We started to overtake a fortress. We started to get pushed back and then started to fight. Like, it was like a full battle that had a whole... Like, by the end, like, by the time we took over the fortress and cleared everyone out, there was this weird sense of calm. Like, everyone's suddenly, like, gearing up, getting ready, looking at the next point. You see all the chatter in the window. And it's, like, just two hours of intense fighting start to finish for this one location on the map. And after that, I was like, well, time for me to go to bed. <laughs> but it, it felt really satisfying. Like, it was just awesome being... And it's something that I have wanted to see... If it could be replicated, and I was hoping it could be replicated with Planet Side Two, but I wasn't able to get into Planet Side Two. Hmm. Um, so it, it, it's it's a gaming experience that was a nice way to cap off my end of high school gaming life, and I think it's actually very appropriate that like the PlayStation Two, Xbox, and GameCube systems that are very formulative in what gaming becomes. In from 2000 onward is also I'm experiencing that during high school where there's a lot of stuff formulating about like who right. I'm going to become and stuff like that um, and then it completely transforms further once I'm in college but you 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 experience you were already in college for most of this so it was a little different for you well, I was a little different at the same time it was it was uh, you know there was definitely some added significance to a lot of, you know, some of these things. And it was still, it was my freshman year, so, you know, a couple months into my freshman year, the Xbox drops and and all of that. So, there's definitely a lot of, yeah, a lot of association with this, you know, new, new games and experiences and evolution yeah. and all of that uh, for me as well. So if you listening have any memories about the PS2, the GameCube, or the Xbox launches, anywhere from between 2000 to 2003, feel free to send an email to ramblepack64 at gmail.com. That is ramblepack, no C, 64 at gmail.com. Or facebook.com slash ramblepack64. You can leave a comment on this 
post or just, I don't know, maybe on the wall. Can you have a leave a note on the wall? I don't I know. So. No I'm, one's ever tried. I'm, unless you... Because most everyone is just my friend, so who cares? Um, and, or go to gamertag.net, find this post again, and just drop a comment. Let me know what you want, you know, what you went through. Maybe we'll talk about it next time. Don't know what our next episode will be yet. Maybe we will follow up on this and just finish up the college years. You could do that. Um, and maybe next time we'll actually have a shared Google Doc of notes so we have a better idea of what we're all talking about. <laughs> that way it's not mostly me reminiscing and Steve occasionally having a chance to. Um, yeah. We were talking about Skies of Arcadia. I never got to play it. And that's also, like, is is that a little bit before? Soul Calibur, was that a little bit before? That was... No, was... Dreamcast, Oh, no, man. Soul Calibur was 2000. Because yeah. that's when I got to visit my brother in college, I think. It was in 1999 or 2000. I got to visit yeah. my brother... No, it was 2000. It was 2000. I got to visit my brother in college, and it was at this point, all his friends thought of me as, like, the master fighting game guy, because give me the controller, and after a few rounds, I'll figure it out. I found out in college that was all complete bullcrap. I am a scrub of all scrubs. But Soul Calibur, um, their one friend, she was great with Ivy. Like, Ivy was her character. She beat everyone with it. I, first time, I'm like, Lizard Man. I'll play Lizard Man. Get wasted the first round. Uh, do decently the second round. And by the third round, I'm, like, starting to learn. I beat her. And then, like, it's the fourth round. We're still going. And I'm just sitting here like, you know, you can, you, you don't have to take it easy on me anymore. And she's like, I'm not. I'm trying to beat you. <laughs> and it's you like, take it easy on like, me. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a very good moment. But, all right, folks. I hope you enjoyed this little reminiscing. Uh, again, send comments our way. And let us know your own reminiscing. And even tell us a little bit about... um. Your 2000, let's say 2003 to 2005, because yeah, 2005 sure. is when uh, Xbox 360 came out. So, uh, end of this generation, and maybe a little bit of the, the the beginnings of the next. So, 2003 to 2005. Um, don't and, know. And pour one out for the Dreamcast second pour analog one out for stick. The Dreamcast. Uh, poor Dreamcast. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.